I'm Joni from Columbus, Ohio, and I recommend 3C Body Shop. Nobody wants to go back twice in one year for accident repairs. But after my first experience with 3C, it made perfect sense for me. 3C worked with my insurance and everything was handled perfectly. I'd recommend 3C to my friends, my family, and anyone that has been in an accident. 3C Body Shop, the finest in collision repair. This is the Ranger Report Podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here's your host, Ben Dieter. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the podcast. A little later in the show, we're going to look at the Mariners and Astros. Let's start with the excitement of opening week. I know it's very different this season, being in July and at the end of July. But that doesn't stop my excitement for baseball. I can't wait to see the first pitch thrown on Friday by Lance Lynn. I can't wait to see who gets the first hit, first home run, first run, first strikeout, and on and on. It is a brand new ballpark, of course, Globe Life Field, and hopefully a brand new era of Rangers baseball, because it has been difficult for the last four or five seasons, to say the least. While there is a lot to be excited about, the team has a lot of work to do to get themselves to the postseason. Things have to go right. Pitching needs to stay healthy. Everyday players need to be productive. Slumps mean losing out on a playoff bid when you're talking about an only a 60-game season. Chris Woodward is going to have to make some tough decisions. He's going to have to decide to bring in someone else, even if it is a superstar who's struggling as it can make all the difference in playoffs or no playoffs. But let's talk about pitching for a minute. The Rangers need all five of their starters to stay healthy for the entire season, in my opinion. I don't think they can make the postseason without one of the five. Lance Lynn, Mike Miner, Corey Kluber, Kyle Gibson, and Jordan Lyles need to win at least six of their 12 starts each or at least have the Rangers in a position for the win. My guess is that it's going to take around 32-34 wins for them to make it to the postseason, and probably over 36 wins to win the division, because the Astros really haven't gotten much worse. We'll talk about that with Eric Heisman later on in the podcast. It could be more, although the Astros pitching is down from last season, but they still do have Justin Verlander and Zach Greinke. Pitching will have to beat hitting. The Angels and Astros have a better lineup than the Rangers, in my opinion. The Rangers will need to outpitch the competition to make it to the postseason. Can they do that? I think they can. On paper, they have the best starting five in the division. On paper. Will that prove out on the field? Well, honestly, only time will tell. But I think it's not a far stretch to think they can, but my predictions will come up later in the week. I plan on doing a special podcast coming up Thursday evening to get ready for opening day. I'll have at least one guest that will help me predict what we think is going to happen this season. We'll break down wins and losses, pitching, offense, and try to get you ready for the 2020 Rangers baseball season. 
I hope to also be debuting a brand new spoof song called 2020 Baseball based on the Nickelback song Rockstar. Hopefully you'll find it funny. Uh, spoof songs are something that I used to do on a podcast I was a part of for almost 10 years called the Hag Sports Podcast. It was an overall sports podcast where we covered mostly Texas sports because both of us were from Texas, but we had a lot of fun from time to time doing spoof songs. If you go to the Hag Sports on Facebook, uh, I'm sorry, the Hag Sports on YouTube, some of those videos of the spoofs are still up. You can check those out if you want to. They were pretty funny. Hopefully, this one will be pretty funny as well. A quick note, guys. Don't forget to visit our shop on therangerreport.com and buy yourself a 60 is better than zero shirt. We are giving 75% of the profits from that shirt to the Rangers Foundation. And I would, I would like to write a big old check to the Rangers Foundation and not a small one. So go ahead and buy knowing that you'll be helping the foundation support the local DFW area whenever you purchase one. Plus, I really like the design of the shirt. Also, if you retweet about the shirt on Twitter, you'll be entered to win one. Go ahead and buy yours today before it's too late. Alright, coming up after this short break, we will be talking to Eric Heisman from the Astros blog crawfishboxes.com and the podcast Locked on Astros about the 2020 Houston Astros. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Ranger Report Podcast. Hey guys, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions like how do I record an episode? How do I get my show into the apps all the people like to listen to? And how do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of these questions is really simple. It's called Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and extremely easy to use. And now... Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I've been using Anchor now for, oh, almost a year, and I really enjoy it. It's a lot easier than any of the other podcast apps I've ever tried. And again, it's free, guys. It really is free. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, so if you want to get started on a podcast and making money doing it, then go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start. Anchor, the best way to podcast. All right, we're talking to Eric Heisman from the Locked on Astros podcast. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. I'm just ready to see some baseball and hear all the fake fan boos this season that they'll probably be pumping out as speakers at all the stadiums. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's going to be interesting to have uh, a lot of stadiums are doing cardboard fans and then pumping in, you know, crowds like you said. So it ought to be really strange to watch this year. But, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to baseball. Yes. All right, digging into the Astros, what major differences should we expect to see in 2020 that we didn't see in 2019 on this Astros team? Well, you're not going to see Garrett Cole, obviously, uh, anchoring yep. this rotation. You're going to see 
uh, Lance McCullers actually trying to take a step up this year, and he's coming back from Tommy John surgery. And of all the pitchers, he came to uh, summer camp ready to throw like four or five innings. So he was already ready, built up his pitch count. And so it looks like Dusty Baker trusts him enough to put him in the number two hole instead of um, instead of Zach Greinke. Zach Greinke's this uh, guy you traded for, but Zach Greinke's only faced hitters one time. I think he pitched in yesterday's scrimmage game. So the rotation's going to look a little bit different. The lineup's basically the same. It's just it's just going to be the bullpen. It's going to be a little bit weaker, especially without Joe Smith for a season. We lost Will Harris, who went to Nationals, which sucks. But overall, this team, and we don't know what's going on with Jordan Alvarez. I mean, he's, uh, he's got a condition that won't let him report to camp. So we can speculate all we want, but that's a big bat to lose out of the lineup. But hopefully he'll be back at some point during the season. All right, I know you, we have that issue, but uh, have any Astros decided to sit out due to the coronavirus? Uh, nobody officially. Joe Smith hasn't really informed the Astros yet, so the Astros said, okay, look, Joe, we're going to put you on a restricted list. You decide whatever you want to do. If you want to come back at some point this year, go for it, but we got to open up another roster space because they've had a lot of injuries so far, including um, – Austin Pruitt and World Series, not MVP, but the guy who pitched really well in the World Series, Jose Urquidy, he has another undisclosed condition, ailment, whatever you want to call it. So, uh, But they needed to add some more players to the player pool. And so I think we're up to 56 now, and they're keeping open just in case they sign some more free agents. But um, I think the team is going to be pretty good, not as good as the 2019 team. All right. Uh, now, I'm sure you guys have done some inter-squad games like the Rangers have. Have uh, How's the rotation looking with uh, – I'm sure everyone's pitched a couple times through now. How are they looking with just a week to go? Well, I know that uh, the hitters are actually struggling because they're facing the likes of Justin Verlander, Lance McCullers, and Zach Greinke, and then some of the better uh, young arms like Forrest Whitley. Forrest look, uh, Whitley is actually looking good. He's kind of one of those – can't miss prospect to miss for a few years. So, but he's looking good, and it look, looks like Framer Valdez is going to make the rotation uh, at least to start the year. But uh, I think that it's good to uh, for the Rangers too for the hitters to see what the pitchers do in game action because they. Get, I think Michael Brantley was telling Justin Verlander or Lance McCullers, "Hey, you do this when you do when you, you may be tipping something when you do this." So um, yeah. it's kind of good to see that friendly fire, so to speak. And um, the Astros hitters are struggling a little bit just because they're facing some of the best pitching in uh, Verlander, McCullers, and Greinke. All right, and how about you said you've already kind of said the batters are struggling a little bit, but anyone that maybe you didn't expect kind of standing out on the offensive side? Uh, other than the fact I don't really know what the stats are and all that stuff, <laughs> yeah, um, it's yeah. hard to really keep track of it. But uh, it seems like Kyle Tucker is struggling a little bit, but um, he had a good spring training, so maybe he'll come around, especially if Alvarez is out for a certain amount of time. Kyle Tucker is going to be the guy. Uh, it seems like George Springer, uh, he's hit a homer. Bregman's hit a homer. Uh, but there's no no surprises, really. I think everybody's just trying to get ready. They've had, what, a week and a half of camp and yeah. uh, opening day is, what, seven days away. So they haven't really had a lot of time to get ready. So the pitchers are going to be ahead of the hitters because the pitchers can – 
practice throwing at home. Yeah. But the hitters can't really practice hitting off of major league pitchers. They're normally hitting off their cousins, their wives, that type of thing. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, who do you think has a chance? I'm sorry. Yeah. Who do you think has a chance to challenge the Astros here in 2020 in the division? If the Rangers pitchers stay healthy, I can see them challenging them a little bit. But I think it's going to be the same demon that we always have to face in the A's. The A's just find some way to kind of rise to the top. And I know they have some young pitching staff, and that might help having a shortened season with them. You don't have to worry about pitch limits or innings limits or anything like that. But the Rangers bullpen, I mean, a rotation is scary. Uh, the Angels, they're always hit and miss, and uh, I think there's another team. I can never remember the name. Um, I think they play in Seattle or something. So, yeah. yeah, so if they get off to a hot start like they did last year, then watch out for them. But otherwise, I think it's going to be the Astros, the A's, and then the Rangers in third place. And who knows, maybe there's two wildcard teams in the ALS. Yeah, I've actually got the exact same thing. I've got Astros, A's, and then Rangers. So, yeah, we have a common enemy in the A's, I'll say that, because they always sort of come out of nowhere, you know, like nobody you've heard of, and then they wind up being in second place, winning 90-something games every year. Yes, for sure. But the only thing that you can kind of look at is the fact that they normally come on hot later in the season. So they sometimes get uh, a slow start, then they start heating up. They may not have that amount of time. So it's kind of hit and miss this season. It's it's going to be up in the air. I wouldn't be surprised if um, if the order was reversed at some point because I, we'll have to see how everything works out. But I'm glad to see that the Astros will be going to Kansas City to play another team for two days before opening day yeah. versus them, uh, Seattle um, uh, M's, I think they are, the Mariners. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> All right, do you think a 60-game season helps or hurts the Astros' chances? Uh, especially with what we saw last year with Justin Verlander kind of he, – he was still good, but in the his second start of the World Series, he wasn't ag- as good. And I think with him being 37, uh, I think a shorter season would help him. It will give him enough time to build himself up to seven, eight innings, maybe nine innings. But – and I won't uh, – because last year they had to – well, actually, they didn't do that because uh, Gary Cole and Justin Verlander are both fighting for the Cy Young. So they didn't really skip starts, but they could have skipped some starts. But uh, they both of them wanted to win the award, so A.J. Hinch didn't let them do that. But um, I think that it's going to help the Astros, especially with Lance McCullers. He was going to be on innings limit. Even don't, don't tell him that because he'll yell at you and uh, block you on Twitter. But um, Grinky, I think that he'll do good. It'll just be like coming to Astros and trade. And uh, the four, four and five spots are kind of iffy right now. I know Josh James and Valdez are there for now. But there's some other people. There's some young people, like I mentioned, Forrest Whitley. Christian Javier could be another one. But I think in the... I think it's really good, especially with the age of the Astros uh, rotation. I think it's really going to help to have a 60-game season. All right, the big news in the offseason, obviously, was surrounding the Astros. How do you think other teams are going to treat the Astros batters this season? And do you think, since it's been so long now with the break, that they'll go easier on them, or do you think it's going to be bad? I'm not sure. Uh, I think that each player is their own player. Even Trevor Bauer, who's come out and bashed the Astros, and even on first day of summer camp, he's wearing a 
asterisk Stroh's championship shirt or something. And But even he says, no, I don't think you should throw at people's heads. You don't need to target that. I know we heard uh, Kenley Jansen say essentially the same thing. And you actually heard um, the commissioner come out and say, well, you cannot come out and throw at the Astros. Um, will there be booing? Yeah, there'll probably be booing from the other dugout. But I don't think it went away. It, it's not going to go away until either people just forget about it or the Astros maybe win a, a championship in 2020 without using the trash can. And that way uh, they can say, well, we did it without a trash can. But this is not going to go away. The the whole stoppage, the work stoppage because of COVID-19, that's just made people uh, dwell a little bit more on that. Because you remember all those Dodgers fans that were going to come down to Houston to boo the Astros in that opening day um, against the Angels if the season was to start. So they would have got a lot of that out of their system. But that's not going to happen now. So it, it's kind of ironic that the Astros played the Dodgers second uh, yeah. after the Mariners this year. But it will be at um, Minmay Park, and then in September it will go to Dodger Stadium. We'll be we'll see if they'll have some fans there by then who will be booing and having all these signs and stuff. Yeah, to be honest with you, I don't think you know. I, they weren't the only ones doing it. They just happened to be the scapegoats because they got caught, in my opinion. I think a lot of teams were doing something similar. And I think that umpires will probably have a pretty short trigger if Astros players do get pegged. Do you think so? Yes, I think they're going to be told. Um, I heard there's a whole bunch of umpires that are going to be sitting out this season, though. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind. Uh, maybe Joe West will not be there because he's not a favor. And Angel her, uh, what her, Hernandez, I think it is. Yeah. He's not a favorite, so. But I think that the commissioner, once the game starts getting going, he's going to, if he hasn't already done it, send a memo to the umpires and say, look, uh, it's a, if, if it looks accidental, that's fine. But if it looks like it's on purpose, that's when we got to do something about it. And they know both sides, the owners and the players, they don't want people headhunting because that's bad. You don't want to just end somebody's career just because you're mad about something that happened three years ago. So I think they will be regulating that. How much? I don't know. I think everybody, everybody's going to be watching Astros games every time, especially when they play the Dodgers, the Yankees. Oh, I guess they're not going to do that until the playoffs. So I guess they get a, until the playoffs, they get a kind of break from the Yankees and Red Sox. Exactly. All right. And uh, now Dusty Baker's the manager now instead of AJ Hinch because of all that. What kind of style do you think he brings to the club? Do you think it'll change their uh, their mindset or attitude any, or do you think he's going to kind of go with what they were doing since they've been winning? Well, A.J. Hinch was this very laid-back guy. He was somebody who uh, kind of let the players be the players. I mean, th- he had some kind of restrictions, like you had to do this, you had to make sure you're playing your best and all this. But he let the guys be guys. He let George Springer become the Astros DJ of Club Astros, and – they're celebrating. Then you see everything that Alex Bregman does with the dugout stairs and all the different, um, whatever you call it, whatever they did that last year with all the um, just looking at and doing everything. But I think that what we're going to see from Dusty Baker is something different. But at the same time, 
he's he's not acting as old as he is. Um, yeah. we, we've already seen him say, uh, tell Lance McCullers that he he has a, he's a specimen. He has a specimen of body, and he also said Yuli is like the coolest dude in the classroom in the classroom and dugout. And then he also uh, he, he has a lot of good stuff to say. So I think what the Astros brought him in for was to ride the storm out. We didn't know it was going to be the COVID-19 storm, but I think he's done enough so far. We don't know how he's going to be managing this Astros team, but I think we may see him next year. But this guy is going to not only bring stability, but you asked earlier about the other teams. Press conferences are going to be the worst. And uh, that's when, yeah. that's why they brought Dusty Baker in to kind of deflect it. I know we could have brought, brought in Bannister and he would probably been a good manager. I don't know. You'd probably say some stuff about Bannister, but uh, <laughs> I think that Baker was exactly what the Astros needed at the right time. And maybe he'll come back next year, but I don't see this being a long-term situation. Yeah, I don't either. All right. Any final thoughts on the 2020 season and what you think is going to happen? I know to me, the uh, shortened season kind of feels like it's going to be more of a playoff atmosphere all the way through because, you know, games matter a little bit more individual games than they used to. So do you have any final thoughts on what the season will be like? Well, I think the Rangers need to get used to seeing um, us from behind. Uh, so, <laughs> and, but in a, I think overall, I think you'll see a lot less um, patience with players, uh, especially younger players. Like, um, yeah. uh, let's say Valdez, uh, he comes up and he has a good first start, then he goes on a four-game losing streak. You only have 60 games, so you can't really say, oh, we'll just write it out. We'll just write it out because uh, every win – mean something, especially when you have only have 60 games. And we're trying to predict how many games the Astros would win. I think I said 45. and I'm, But then afterwards, I was thinking, wait, that means they only lost 15 games. So yeah. there's little room for margin for error. And I think it's going to be pressure on everybody to have their best day every day. But you don't have 161 other games to make yeah. up for it. Yeah, I think I had the over-under on the Astros where I'm winning the division at 36 games because it's just crazy to think about, you know, only 60 games. But uh, it ought to be a lot of fun. Eric, thank you for joining us today. No problem. And you can always listen to Locked On Astros daily where we talk about the Astros. And it's been a long, long offseason with all the crap that's been going on. Yes, it has. Eric, thank you so much, man. No problem. Thanks again to Eric Eisman for joining us on the podcast this week. Be sure to go check out Locked on Astros to hear uh, all the news and things that are going on with our competitors. You can go listen to Locked on Astros podcast with Eric. Uh, I listened to it. Pretty good podcast. Of course, they're misguided because they're talking about the Astros. But anyway, um, let's look now into the Seattle Mariners 2020 team. No team in major U.S. pro sports has gone longer than the Mariners without making the playoffs. Not the Cleveland Browns, not the Sacramento Kings, not the Buffalo Sabres. It's not entirely fair that the drought has lasted 18 years. The Mariners had two 93-win seasons and five other seasons of 85 or more wins, any of which might have earned a postseason berth. They haven't been like the Marlins. They haven't been a laughingstock. In fact, 
they had two of the century's signature stars in Ichiro and Felix Hernandez. The top of the rotation this year is a Gonzalez, who's been solid the last couple of years, and profiles at around a number three starter, to be honest. He's followed by a couple of reclamation projects in Walker and Graveman, a couple of upcoming prospects in Sheffield and Dunn, and the question mark of Kichuchi. I probably said that wrong, and I'm going to uh, probably take heat for that, but I don't know how to say it. K-I-K-U-C-H-I. The bullpen has a few new additions from the offseason, and the closer job is still up for grabs with Hirano as a possible candidate. Now, the infield still has a pair of familiar names in Gordon and Seager, and of course, as Ranger fans, we all know and hate Kyle Seager, surrounded by some young upcomers like Crawford, Long, and White, and a newly minted all-star slugger DH in Vogelback. The catcher Murphy was a quiet, good hitter last season. In the outfield, former first-round draft pick Lewis made his debut last year and showed some power, while Smith looked for a bounce back after a replacement level 2019 in center field. Hanniger might possibly out for the season while he recovers from a multitude of injuries. Guys, I really think that the Mariners are going to come in last place in the American League West this year. I think they are rebuilding in a different way than the Rangers are rebuilding. The Rangers are rebuilding, but they have some nice pieces to rebuild around. Their pitching, I still say, is probably the best in the American League West. Their hitting is good, not great, but it is good enough that if we can keep the other teams from scoring a lot of runs, I think the Rangers have a great chance of winning some games and possibly sneaking into one of those wild card spots. Not saying I think it's going to happen. We'll talk about that on Thursday, but they have a chance. I don't think the Mariners are going into the season with any thought that they may have a really good shot of making the postseason. Of course, they had a super hot start last year and then really fell off the wagon after that. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. This week, in lieu of a top 10, which we've been doing, I'm doing the top 10 things to look for on opening day, but instead of a top 10 style, I just want to name these things. They're not in any sort of order. These are things I'll be looking for on opening day, and some of them, I think, are, uh, some of them are things that are going to be pretty obvious, uh, I hope, anyway. Number 10, how many times are the broadcasters going to ma- mention the cardboard cutout fans, okay? How many times are they going to say something about the cardboard cutout fans uh my guess is on the over under i would take 10 on that one i think at least 10 times in a nine inning baseball game they will talk about the cardboard cutout fans they will talk about how you can get one at the ballpark they will talk about ones that are already there make some jokes surrounding them i see that being mentioned at least 10 times all right next thing to look for on opening day is the first strikeout and I think that that is going to be obvious. That's one of the ones I hope will be completely obvious because I totally hope that the first strikeout of the year will be Lance Lynn. Since he is the first Rangers pitcher going, you would really like to see him get the first strikeout. If he went, you know, six or seven innings without any strikeouts, that would be a bit of a bummer for him and for the team. So I think that will be Lance Lynn. First hit. This one is going to be interesting. We don't even know exactly who's on the team yet, but I think we have a pretty good idea. Uh, of who the leadoff batter will be. I would assume it's going to be Shinsu Chu. Um, First hit, I'll be interested to see what this one is and who it will be. Uh, 
The next one is the first walk. Who will draw the first walk in Globe Life Field? I think it would be really funny if it was Joey Gallo, but I don't think it will be him. So who do you think will draw the first walk in Globe Life Field? All right, who do you think is going to hit the first home run in Globe Life Field? Another good one that is fun to think about. Who is going to put the ball over the wall for the first time ever in season play in Globe Life Field? Of course, uh, yesterday the Rangers had a home run derby to decide the winners uh, between their two teams that they had put together for the weekend series. And it was kind of fun to keep up with on Twitter as uh, Sullivan and uh, all of those guys were talking about the home run derby and I was kind of keeping up with it that way. So it'll be fun to see who hits the very first first home run in globe life field all right on the other side of it who will commit the first error who will be the first one to go doink on the ball who will be the first one to uh use the homer simpson dough dough because they can't catch the ball or because they can't field the ball or because they overthrow somebody who will be the first error um so that'll be a fun one to look at and uh all right how many times will the roof be mentioned in the broadcast Ooh, this one's going to be a good one. Uh, Over under on this, I don't know. The roof is a big deal. The roof is why this new stadium was built, so that the Rangers could play in air conditioning. Um, The roof is going to be there. How many times will they look at it, mention it, talk about it during the broadcast of the very first Rangers game of 2020? Um, Gosh, my over under on this would be 18 times, at least twice per inning. Maybe once top, once bottom. Uh, I think 18 times will be my over-under on how many times the roof will be talked about during the baseball game on Friday. All right, another one that to look for on the game Friday is how many mentions will there be or comparisons will there be to Globe Life Park across the way there, which you'll be able to see, by the way, from this stadium, and I'm sure they will have plenty of shots of it for you. Uh, to make you sad during the baseball game, to make you sad that the Rangers aren't there anymore. Now, I guarantee you, I loved Globe Life Park. I was a huge fan of it, and I was not a fan of building this new one. But I guarantee you, next year in August, when I'm attending games, I won't be complaining about the fact that I'm attending games in the air conditioner as much as I complain about the new field and as much as it looks like a Home Depot or a Traeger grill. Um... We wrote an article about that on the rangerreport.com if you want to check it out of all the hilarious burns that people on Twitter did for the shape and look of the new ballpark. But yeah, how many times will they talk about Globe Life Park? I'm going to set the over under pretty low on this one. I'm going to put it at about four. Um, And I think that's going to be really low. I think you should probably take the over on that one. You know, not that we're betting on any of this. I'm just having a little fun here. All right, number two. Talk about the new park being a pitcher's park. Everyone seems to be talking about the fact that the uh, the pitchers are having a better time than the hitters. That could be because pitchers had more uh, time to train or more or more um, ability to train during the break than hitters did because it's really hard to hit off major league pitching when you're quarantined unless you happen to live with one, which I don't think very many of the Rangers hitters do. So, uh, you know, that's another thing to be looking at is – Will they talk about the new park being a pitcher's park, and how many times will they mention that? I'm going to say the over-under on that is at four as well. I don't think that one's going to be talked about a lot, but I think that it will uh, be talked about during the game. And then the last thing I wanted to look at, how many special guests do you think will be at the park? 
How many people are they going to look at and mention? Will Beltray be there? Will Michael Young be there? Will President George W. Bush be there? Who are all the special guests that they're going to have in the ballpark? Pudge will be there. We know that. Uh, who are some of the special guests that they're going to point out during the broadcast and even talk to the inaugural game at Globe Life Field? Guys, it's hard to realize because we're coming up on July you know, 21st tomorrow. And we're still uh, four days away from the first baseball game at Globe Life Field. But this is going to be the inaugural season. 60 games, 30 games in that ballpark. That is the inaugural season at Globe Life Field. This is our first chance to watch the team play in Globe Life Field. And none of us get the opportunity to go watch a game live that are just regular fans. I'm sure... Uh, some media people and some special uh, season ticket holders probably have a chance maybe at some point, but the regular Joe is not going to be able to get to go and watch the team play this year. So, you know, think about that. This is our inaugural season in Globe Life Field. It'll be one that we will remember forever. It'll be a season that'll be on a lot of different uh, trivia cards in the future. A lot of my uh, This Week in Rangers history will uh, reflect on this season, I'm sure, in coming years. So, it, uh, it ought to be a whole lot of fun. I cannot wait until Friday, 7 o'clock, to see that first pitch go off. Of course, you have to tune in probably about 4.30 or 5 when they start the pregame show and start really pushing up this season. It is going to be exciting. Uh, it is going to be, you know, everything we always expected to be. Opening day, I always say, should be a national holiday. Of course, it's not, but opening day should be a national holiday. This one should be no different. It's in the middle of the summer, so enjoy it. I mean, it's a Friday night. What better thing can you think to do coming home on a Friday night from a long day at work than turning on your television and having Texas Rangers baseball on your television? It is going to be fantastic, and I cannot wait until Friday. Hopefully you're with me, and speaking of that... We will be doing a season kickoff podcast Thursday evening. So be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any of the shows we will be posting, but especially not that one. That one, we are going to get you ready for the baseball season on Thursday night. So uh, you'll want to tune in and listen to that and hear perspective analysis and uh, what we think, how we think this season is going to turn out, what we think is good, what we think is bad. Uh, it ought to be a good podcast. I'll have a... Uh, guests joining with me from our uh, a guest joining with me to do the podcast it ought to be a lot of fun and be sure to subscribe you can subscribe on apple you can subscribe on spotify you can subscribe on anchor on google or pretty much anywhere else that you can listen to podcasts we are also on iHeartRadio, and soon we will also be on pandora so we are pretty much anywhere you can think of to listen to a podcast. You can find the new Ranger Report podcast on that service. Um, one thing I got to say, it's been a lot of fun doing this, a lot of fun setting it up. The, uh, the ease of getting it on all these different services now are just wonderful, and it gives us an opportunity to get this podcast in front of more and more people. So thank you for listening, and uh, subscribe. Help us grow the podcast. And guys, we will see you on Thursday which will be 24 hours away from opening day at Globe Life Field. Thanks for listening. See you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.